talking points for quarter three, lesson one, 2020. Uh, we're talking about why witness, and we're in a new quarter, making friends for God, the joy of sharing in his mission. Now, this is going to be hard for us, Cameron, because up to this time, as many of our viewers know, we did a full lesson study. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a, we've outlined the lesson study, and we're going to go through what we outlined yes. without necessarily doing as much comment on it. That's right. And so this will be a challenge for us. It's a new format for you. And again, this is a resource not just for teachers, but for members of the class alike. This is not to take the place of your local Sabbath school study, but to prepare for the Sabbath school class that all of you are going to be part of each and every week. That's right. And if you haven't watched it, we did a video that went over some teaching tips that we're going to employ in this and subsequent uh, uh, talking points. Yes. Lessons. So, let's take a look at this week's lesson. Uh, oh, and witness. we're coming to you from Cameron's office. Yes. Actually, we have moved in the conference office. We're still in the Michigan conference office in mm-hmm. Cameron's office where we're going to have our talking points. And in the future, we're going to have something that, you know, in the yeah. background that says... This will be a developing um, uh, system of working here. But we believe that the Lord will bless us. And what we want to do is, again, not... You're going to see that we're not going to overlay texts and quotes and stuff. We're not going to have multiple camera angles. We're not going to be in full suit. It's not going to be long. But what we want to do is boil down the lesson study part to Mm -hmm. its most essential elements so that everyone can be prepared to have an enriched and blessed time in their Sabbath school class. That's right. And we will be providing the outlines and, Mm -hmm. you know, in referring to those and maybe showing some things like that on the screen and some links to helpful uh, tools. And all um, of that will be available on Michigan SSPM. Dot O-R-G. That's right. So let's dive into this week's. We only have so much time and we yes. are, we got a lot to cover. Well, so again, the, uh, when I say again, we, we talked about some of this in our teaching uh, tips video. But if we take the first lesson here, why witness? Uh, one of the things we mentioned in the teaching tips video was to go through the entire lesson first, read all the scriptures, uh, highlight the high points, uh, which we have done from our perspective, and then draw out what the key points are of the lesson. Now, if you look at the headings for each lesson, um, usually Sabbath is an introduction, and on Sunday's lesson, providing opportunities for salvation. Monday's lesson, making Jesus glad. Tuesday's lesson, growing by giving. That just says that we grow spiritually from witnessing. Wednesday's lesson talks about faithfulness to Christ's command. And then Thursday talks about a love motivation. Well, there's some, we drew some key points out of that, but we rearranged them in a different uh, manner. So before we highlight the key points, the first thing we do in our lesson, and I often do this in, a, in, a, um, in an outline, is some type of introductory thought. And the introductory thought here is what is witnessing? What is it that we're trying to talk mm-hmm. about here in this particular lesson and launching into this quarter? Right. Well, and it implies when the lesson starts with why witness, it assumes that we all know what a witness is. That's right. So we, it might be a good idea in every la- local Sabbath school class to have the discussion about what is witness even is. That's right. And it was interesting. I went to the dictionary, as one would, 
to find their definition, and it said having knowledge of, and if, well, it's interesting, and I told you this, <laughs> there, was a, there was the noun and the verb, and we're talking about witnessing. As a verb, um, yeah. Also a witness, well, a witness is somebody who's witnessed something or seen something and has firsthand experience, but then one of the definitions given was a member of the Jehovah's Witness Church. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was thought, lamenting, oh, we should have been the Seventh-day Adventist exactly witnesses, it. so you couldn't <laughs> be one, now you can be an Adventist and just believe in the Second <laughs> Coming, but you don't have to witness, it's not in the name. So, so according to the dictionary, from the verb standpoint, uh, uh, witnessing is ha to have a knowledge of an event uh, from personal observation or experience to give or serve as evidence of such an event. So you're a witness to something that mm. happened because you were there, you saw it, etc. And in our discussion, we we talked about how with you know the, the 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 great event that we're witnessing to is the salvation that God's provided through Jesus Christ, and so. Weird, my own personal testimony is not the sum and substance of what I'm witnessing to. It's only my affirmation mm -hmm. and personal experience to the reality of salvation through Jesus Christ. Right, That's so we're not just, just conveying, like you said, personal testimony is great, but just what I've seen and heard is only a piece of what we're trying to share because there's plenty about God that I haven't personally seen, but I still trust that, you know, I want to affirm creation and redemption right. and all those things. So we're witnessing about the totality of the message that God has given us to bear. And our right. personal testimony is a piece of that. That's right. And in essence, when we're talking about witnessing, making friends for God and what have you, it's all from that standpoint of wanting others to come to that same knowledge mm -hmm. of salvation through the Jesus Christ. But my interactive part in that being one who has tasted and seen the Lord is good. I have an experience that I can testify to so that when a person says, oh, that's crazy. How could anybody be saved? I can tell you how because I've had that experience and, mm -hmm. and the Lord wants you to have that experience. Itself. Well, let's talk about that because that's kind of the essence of the first day's question that leads yes. up. Why witness? Because praise the Lord that we have the opportunity for salvation. And I, I would hope that each of us has afforded, uh, you know, that what God has offered, we've taken him up on personally. Yes. But why is it incumbent upon me now to share that same opportunity with somebody else? That's the core. Why witness? Well, and again, for sake of the discussion and our time mm -hmm. limitations here, just more as giving a teaching, an explanation of our outline. Yes. Um, we're not going to go through and look all of these up, but the lesson cites Romans chapter 10, where Paul says, you know, that uh, people, whoever calls on the name of the Lord is going to be saved, but how are they going to call on him whom they haven't heard of, and how are they going to hear unless one, who's, one is sent, and how are they going to be right. sent unless... Unless uh, uh, there was a preacher, and how's a preacher unless one is sent? Uh, yes, yeah, I've got thing, it back. Yeah. But the idea there is Paul is speaking to the fact that there needs to be a preacher sent mm -hmm. in order to give that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that in the very context of Romans 10, and we looked at this last quarter, Paul says, but have they not all heard? And then he goes back to the Psalms and he refers to how the creative works of God testify. Yes. So Paul isn't trying to overthrow his own argument. The point I'd make here is somebody may say, well, why do we have to witness? I mean, there are lots of ways God reveals himself true. Mm -hmm. uh, and Paul was admitting to that, that his creative works testify of him. But nothing is so great a revelation as the revelation of God in Jesus Christ, his son. And when we can give testimony to that, what we're doing is increasing 
the opportunity right. of somebody to embrace the gospel message. Well, before we get specifically into that, what I was thinking was, as we went through this, that basically, like with the, the perspective we just addressed there that you just spoke to, yes. is about how it's a benefit to that other person. It gives them their best opportunity, right? Yes. But it doesn't start off with that. It starts about how uh, participating, like at the bottom of the first page, while participating with him, we enter into his joy of seeing people redeemed, right? So it's actually a benefit to me by having the yes. joy. But it's also in the lesson going to talk about how it's a benefit to heaven, how heaven rejoices, God That's himself right. is glad. So as I look through this lesson, I'm thinking this breaks down into, well, it's beneficial for at least three parties. That's Number right. one, the person being witnessed to, so they have the opportunity for salvation. That's right. Me, because I get the joy of witnessing their salvation experience. And it brings joy to the heart of God and heaven right. rejoices. So this is a multifaceted benefit. Uh, it's not just duty that we have to or a blessing to the other person, but we're, it actually, it's a win, win, win for everybody. That's right. That witnessing is good for the whole universe, really. And so what you'll find we did in our outline is we took those three points as key points and we added a fourth. Number one, to give opportunity for salvation. That's for the right, others. Right, that's for the other guy. Yeah. Number two, for personal spiritual growth. That's, that's for, me. for me. And number three, to make Jesus glad. Mm-hmm. And so those were the three you talked about. And then our last one is because we're Christians. In other yeah. words... Um, and we could probably save into why that's different than, you know, but go ahead. Yes, but the, the, the question is why witness? And so what we're trying to convey in teaching the class is these are key reasons for witnessing. One is to give opportunity for others to have salvation. Two is for our own personal spiritual growth. Three is to make Jesus glad. And finally, because we're Christians, which will right. break down a little bit before. But we're again, if here. I were teaching this in the local class, I would yes. want to make sure my goal this week is yes. to answer that question. Why? That's exactly witness. right. And the answer is multifaceted. A, because it's good for me, it's good for the other guy, it's good for God, and it's my Christian duty, That's regardless right. of the benefits that we might happen to see. So I would, and, and that's what you're going to see in this lesson outline. We're going to walk through those four reasons to why we should witness. That's right. And so we touched on reason number one a little bit with Romans chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have as a subpoint there that, well, Romans 10, basically God sends witnesses so people can believe. Mm-hmm. But as a subpoint I have, verse 18 tells us all have opportunity or have had opportunity to know God through his created works. But this is not intended to contradict the Apostles' point in verses 14 15 that somebody needs to be sent with the message. Right. And I like what Mark Finley says at the very bottom of the page there in the, in the green Sundays, on Sunday. Yeah. We do not witness to give people their only chance to be saved. We witness to give them their best chance. Mm-hmm. So in other words, yeah, there may be other ways that God reaches people. But why in the world, if you have a loved one... <laughs> Would you just say, well, I hope they get caught by one of those other... You want to make sure they have every ample opportunity that is available to them. Why would you not witness? Well, and he makes that same point essentially at the bottom because in the notes we talk about maybe emphasizing the first two paragraphs, but the second... The, the last sentence of that second paragraph on the same lesson yes. says, when we share Jesus with others, we provide them with their best opportunity to be saved. That's right. Because the question comes, well, what would happen if I didn't witness? I mean, right. nature speaks to God. There's a conscience, a, a measure of faith he's given to mm-hmm. every man. So, you know, and honestly, doesn't the Bible still say that the more you know, the more you're accountable for? You're only accountable for what you know. <laughs> so there could be a very kind of cynical and self-serving simplicity yes. to saying, well, just don't tell anybody anything and uh, good luck. Mm-hmm. You know, 
when and I like how Elder Finley doesn't deny that there's reality. There's some people who are going to be in the kingdom who've never heard the name of God, never yes. read the Bible, never met a Christian. Having said that, the more you know about God, the more drawn you are to Him, the clearer the revelation of His will, and yes. therefore we have the best opportunity to make a well-informed well, decision. Well, I'm thinking about what you're saying there, and I've heard people say that. I've had church members say, well, why am I going to tell them about the Sabbath and wreck their lives? Yeah. Where did we come up with this idea that the truth wrecks a person's life? Right, that ignorance so, is bliss in regard so to And so then what things. happens is my witness by not witnessing becomes a... And the reason underlying it, well, I don't want to witness because I don't want to wreck your life with the truth. I'm actually speaking against the truth by not witnessing for the truth. Mm. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, I'm like, well, I don't want to make you as miserable as I am. I mean, that's kind of the, whereas <laughs> the, the opposite, now. I witness because I want you to know the joy that I have so right. that my, my, our joy may be full. Yeah. So again, Elder Finley's point was it's not the only way people are going to be saved, but the Lord has given this to us as a benefit to the other people as their right. best opportunity for salvation, right. and we get the joy of doing it as well. We want to give every opportunity that a person has to know why in the world would I, how selfish is it for us to have, to know of eternal life through Jesus Christ and not share that with somebody? So mm. that's yeah. opportunity for others, number one. Number two is our personal spiritual growth. Right. And I highlighted uh, uh, Wednesday's, I'm sorry, Tuesday's lesson, uh, paragraph three, just a portion of that. It's actually paragraph four. Are you talking about paragraph three or four? No, I have I have uh, paragraph three because he makes the point that uh, okay. in our Christian lives, if the grace of God mm. that flows into our lives does not flow out to others, we become stagnant and all but lifeless like the Dead Sea. He gives the example of the Dead Sea just being the stagnant, the water flows into it, nothing flows out, and makes this application that likewise, as a Christian, if nothing flows out of us, we become stagnant in our experience. Mm. You were going to add to that? Well, that's the statement right below that. He quotes from Desire of Ages. God could have reached his object in saving sinners without yes. our aid. So there it's very clear. He could have done it otherwise. But in order for us to develop a character like Christ's, we must, and it doesn't say should or could, that's we right. must share in his work. In order to enter his joy, the joy of seeing souls redeemed by his sacrifice, we must participate in his labors for their redemption. That's right. So it's just as... To the same degree that it's a necessity for them to have the opportunity of salvation, it is a necessity for us to have the joy and character that would fit for heaven uh, become like Christ through his par through partnership in his service. Yes, and he has that in the lesson, and I put that in our outline too. If I was teaching the class, I would I want it real handy. You've got it in both places, and you could ask somebody in the class to read it, whatever. But he also has that next statement from Fundamentals of Education, page 207, and it says, Those who would be overcomers must be drawn out of themselves. And the only thing which will accomplish this great work is to become intensely interested in the salvation of others, which is a fascinating idea to build on. Um, you've got to be drawn out of yourself, but the only way that's going to happen is to become intensely interested. Well, how do you do that? Mm. You, there, there's a, there's a per, there has to be personal sacrifice to start spending time mm -hmm. thinking about and, and ministering to other people mm. and their needs. Mm. So, in fact, in the outline now, I've, followed, I've actually followed that. What I would do in teaching the class is the lesson brings up a few passages of Scripture. Um, John 7, 37 and 38 is where Jesus says that the one who believes in him out of his, believes in him out of his heart will flow rivers of, mm. of living water. So you have that, you know, Mark Finley's given the illustration of the Dead Sea. And then you have that where Jesus is speaking of, if you receive this, and we could go to John and the woman at the well, no, the woman John at the chapter well, 4, same, thing. same idea, but when you receive 
salvation, it flows back out of you. And that's the way it's designed to do. So I would use that scripture basis uh, to show how, you know, in the language of Jesus, it's going to benefit you and others through you. And then I'd go to that desire of ages and fundamentals of education as supporting texts that, that you know, lead into that discussion. So moving along, we started with the overview of the, the question we're asking. We want to make sure that everyone understands the question we're addressing is why witness? Yes. And answer number one is to give salvation opportunity to other people. Number two is for our own spiritual growth and benefit, for our own blessing. Yeah, but and then, you might in the class direct a question specifically, and there's one at the bottom of the page, Have what have been your own experiences in witnessing to others, praying with others, mm-hmm. etc.? And you could just ask your class, is there somebody here who's had an experience witnessing recently that has impacted your life spiritually? And mm-hmm. just, you know, you're Talk keeping it on the Talk about the joy that you have or the right. growth that they've experienced or, yeah. Because you want to steer your questions to the lesson. You want to keep yes. people on the, the lesson. And, you know, sometimes you ask a question like that, you might say as the teacher, that something you could share in about two minutes. <laughs> you know, That's right. Give them a little t- time frame and, or ask it very specifically how, like you, I noticed in your even framing of the question, what is something you've done recently yes. where you've experienced the joy? Or like it, make it such a tight framework that it needs to fit with where you're going, not just like how many of you have ever witnessed before? Otherwise, what was your you could be all over the board. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad question to ask, but you're trying to move the right. ship. So we keep it flowing. So we talk about personal spiritual growth, and then our third point that we're going to transition into is the third reason that we witness is to make Jesus glad. And Mm -hmm. the the lesson refers to Luke 15, the lost parables, the the lost uh, uh, coin, and the lost sheep, and the lost son. And the verses that uh, I would highlight there, especially are Luke 15, 5 and 6 and verse 10, where it talks about the rejoicing when mm-hmm. the coin is found, the mm-hmm. rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents. Mm-hmm. So the pictures conveyed, you think about rejoicing. You think about events in our life where we rejoice and what all that entails. Well, there's some, it's making somebody's heart glad. Mm. Whose heart's being made glad here? It's the Lord. Yeah. And so this is conveying that when one sinner repents, it brings joy. Well, if we're servants of God and Jesus Christ, isn't that ultimately what we want to do yeah. is bring joy? And there's, is there anything else that brings as much joy to God's heart? And we often mm-hmm. talk about the relationship with God that we have, and we're so thankful for His blessings to us, and we want to return That's those right. in tithes and offerings. But you know, there's something else the Lord would really love to get as a gift, and that's yes. a soul won to Him, the message shared. And so if you want to give God a gift, you know, give, make him something, give Him something that would really make Him glad, it's sharing your faith, being a witness. That's what he wants. That's right. And you could interject here a, a story about or an illustration about a child who was lost, I think, years ago, a child that fell down a, a well, and the whole community got together to save the life of that child. Mm. How much more the spiritual life of somebody for eternity, and, and if, if human hearts are drawn out that way, how, mm-hmm. you know, so, or you could ask if, you, you know, your, children, if your child was, was missing, and you didn't know where your child was and had been missing for several days and you're, all your friends are coming over and everybody, your greatest burden and desire is going to be finding your child. They could come and sing songs to you, give you money, yeah, right? Yeah. Ties and offering and everything. Right. But you want to find your Go child. Go get my kid. But how much more? <laughs> That's the heart of God. That, yes. that, it, it, so bringing joy to God's heart is, um, is an excellent quote that is in the outline from the book Education that just tells us in, in so many words that 
that that is the greatest burden on God's heart. Now, when we're talking about even the second coming of Christ, yes. it's to relieve God's heart from the pain that he's felt because of the problem of sin in his wayward children. Mm. And we had kind of touched on this, and you don't have to get too much into it because it wasn't actually explicitly brought out, but in 2 Peter 3, it, it refers to hastening the coming of God. Yes. And how, you know, if we're truly living the Christian life, yes, there's an element that we want to be good ourselves and thus be prepared for, you know, the kingdom of God. But at the same time, in that preparation, if we're going to truly become Christians, then yes. we become like Christ who came to seek and save the lost. That's right? exactly that right. That we become the thing that we admire. You know, by beholding, we become changed. Well, you're transitioning into point four a little bit. Amen. Well, it's right. time. <laughs> right before point four, though, and we're still in that context of bringing joy to the heart of God, that mm -hmm. second Peter text, and the lesson does bring it out on Wednesday. And it makes a great uh, statement because, you know, Peter says that God is not willing that any should... Got, uh, uh, perish, mm -hmm. but that all should come to repentance. And the lesson points out the Seventh-day Adventist quarterly on this, where they make the point, and it's midway through the, the, the paragraph, uh, second paragraph there, where it says, it, the word but is used here in Second Peter 3.9 to emphasize the contrast between the misinterpretation of God's nature, namely that he might be willing for some to perish, and the truth that he wishes all to be saved. So Peter's saying mm. God's not willing to any to perish, and you were commenting that, you know, when something doesn't happen or, you know, they've expected in the context, they're expecting the Lord to come, and where is he? And then you start conjecturing as to why he hasn't yeah, come if, yet. Yeah, like if somebody was habitually late to work yeah. or forgetful, you would ascribe to the motive. Well, like I just said, well, they're forgetful or they're right. lazy or they just don't care. But the reason Christ has not come isn't because he's lazy, but forgetful, or doesn't care. But they're ascribing motive here and right. Peter's countering that. And he's, he's saying, saying no, no, do no, no, not no. do that. Right. It is not that he is his slack concerning his promise, yeah. but it's that he wants all to come to repentance. And in the greater context, he says further in verse uh, 12, that we are looking for and hastening the coming of Jesus. And this is a huge point mm -hmm. that people miss, that one of the reasons the Lord hasn't come is because the gospel has to be given to all the world as mm -hmm. a witness unto all the nations, mm -hmm. and then the end will come. And so this work of witnessing, part of the bringing joy to the heart of God is to finish up the gospel preaching and the work of, mm -hmm. uh, of, of God in this earth and put an end to the sin in this great reunion that's going to come mm -hmm. at the coming of Jesus. And this is, uh, in fact, in the book Education, there's two quotes. Um, there's a quote about when the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people from Christ's object lessons. Now, you right. have brought this up, but many miss the very next sentence. Yes. It says, when the character of Christ is produced in his people, then he's going to come to claim them on his own. But then it says, were all who profess his name bearing fruit to his glory, how quickly the whole world would be sown with the seed of the gospel. Quickly the last great harvest would be ripened and Christ would come to gather the precious grain. And, uh, you know, I've looked at that quote, which is like the third rail in Adventist theology. We don't want to touch that quote. But it can easily get divided up and you focus on, well, I need to have a, a perfectly developed character, reproduce the character of Christ in my life. That means that I'm not going to do this, not going to do this. And praise the Lord for those things you're going to cut out. But in this passage... The obvious extension of that is those who are Christ-like will be about his mission and they will yes. quickly do that which will hasten the coming of Christ, which is the spreading of the gospel to the world. So it's a work in us, yes, but it's a work through us that God wants to see happen too. That's right. Which now, I believe, segues nicely into point four there. Yes. And the fourth reason that we 
uh, can come up with in and summarizing here. And should be here. most obvious. We kind of added <laughs> this, superimposed this. Yeah. It's because we're Christians. That's just what we do. And, and, yeah. and, and, and what we mean by that is we are Christians. In other words, right. a Christian is a follower of Christ. The whole essence of Christ was leaving heaven and forsaking all and coming to this earth to save lost humanity. Yes. So how could it be that any one of us, you know, uh, Luke 19.10, I put it in the outline, is the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. How can I be now his follower and have no interest in seeking and saving right. the lost? Right. And so it's because we're followers of Christ that we, we share in his mission. And the lesson also brought out 2 Corinthians 5.14, you know, for the love of Christ compels us or constrains us. And even in the lesson, he kind of goes towards, and listen carefully, the difference here, our love for Christ. But that is not what the apostle says. He says it is the love of Christ that compels us. It's the love of Christ for the lost. Yes, my love for Christ is a motivator. But in the context, the apostle Paul is pointing out that it's Christ's love for the lost. And again, to the point that we're mm -hmm. Christians... Being a Christian means, as it says in Romans chapter 5 in the first few verses, that the love of God, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Mm. In other words, we begin to love others like God loved us and we can't help but want them saved. Well, too many times I think we forget the fact that, you know, repeatedly in the New Testament, Jesus himself will say all the law and the prophets is summed yes. up in love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. There has to be the two loves, the love for God, the love for others. But nowadays... It seems we don't explicitly say it, but it would be like, I love God so much, I'm going to endure these other people. I'm going to tolerate them. <laughs> or I'm right. going to put up with When the reality is we should from that, and it's not a natural thing. Yes. It only comes from the Holy Spirit changing your heart, making you like Jesus, that not only do I love the Lord, yes. but I love my neighbor as myself, that mm -hmm. I become like Jesus. Yes. Mm. And uh, so it's a love of Christ and uh, one of the things I've come to a close with here in the outline is the lesson brings out, uh, uh, compares Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6 with... Acts 13. Yeah, and I'm just looking for where that was. Oh, it's, it, it's in Wednesday's lesson, but I put it here. Isaiah 49, 6 is a messianic prophecy mm -hmm. that says that Jesus, the Messiah, coming Messiah, would be a light to the Gentiles. But then in Acts 13, the Apostle Paul tells us that we are called by God, and he quotes the same verse, the mm -hmm. Messianic verse, to be a light to the Gentiles. So wait a minute. I thought Isaiah was talking about the Messiah, and now is he making us the Messiah? No, this is the whole point. Is Paul's, in essence, saying if you have received Christ, his mission has become your mission. That's Amen. the whole idea. And yeah. this, is the, this is what the church was founded on. Right. Well, and it talks about that uh, famous passage from Acts of the Apostles, page 9. The church is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. You'll stop right. right there. It's not just Christ was, and we are to witness that and sing praises about all the stuff he did. We are right. to continue that ministry and extend it to our day. Um, it was organized for service, and its mission is to carry the gospel to the world. So if we're That's a member right. of the church, if we're a follower of Christ, and we are not about our Father's business, we are neither of the other two. That's right. And, and in, of course, Christ's commission... Oh, yeah. to, because <laughs> we're command. Christians, he commanded his followers That's to right. go and preach the gospel, to go and, and make right. disciples, etc. Um, there's a, a somewhere in the closing, in the I say closing discussion, but I want this to be a point that's made in the class in the context of because we're Christians, is at the bottom of Wednesday's page, it asked this um, lesson, it asked this question, 
What are the dangers to the church, even a local church, if it becomes so inwardly focused that it forgets what its purpose is to begin with? I would want I this lesson. there's going to be a lot of discussion there, yeah. I would want this lesson as it's conveying why witness to make it very clear that witnessing is part of what we are as Christians. Yes. And any church that does not witness has forgotten its calling. Mm. And there are severe implications, and we see them across the, the, you know, the churches. And that's what this lesson is designed to just get us thinking about. Well, in a very simple appeal, you could do two things. Number one, just review the main points. Friends, today we looked at why we should witness. We saw it's good for that's other right. people. It's good for us. It's good for God. It brings joy to his heart. That's Praise right. the Lord. And it's a duty of the Christian to be like Christ that's and right. do that missionary work. So you could take that review and then turn it into a, an appeal and say, friends, I don't know about you, but I want to be about my father's business. How many of us today want to view the work of God as not just a thing he did, but something I'm to continue today, that we want to be witnesses for Jesus? That's right. There's a statement that maybe I'll, I'll add into here where Ellen White makes the point that if we don't have that burden for others, she says, let us pray for the spirit of service. Mm. And so that could go along with that appeal. You know, look, we don't always have the same passion for the lost we should, or that, that mm -hmm. we, we don't always witness as much as we should. You know, and I'm not trying to get us to beat up on ourselves, but to say, let's go to the Lord and pray for that mm -hmm. spirit of service to revive that missionary spirit again in his church. Amen. Well, I think we're sliding just inside yep. of our time, but again, there's a lot more we could cover, but these were just talking points for this week's lessons. Anyway, shall we close with prayer? Absolutely. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you give us the joy of not only receiving salvation, but transmitting it to others through our witness. Please help us to be faithful in all that we do so we can hasten the coming of Jesus. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.